This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Monday, January 11th, 2021. On this day in 2012, Joran Vandersloot pled guilty to the 2010 murder of Stephanie Flores. But his bloody crimes likely didn't end there. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of this killer's crimes, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of murder that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Today we're covering the case of murderer Joran Vandersloot. Let's go back to January 11, 2012, to a courtroom in Lima, Peru. Twenty-four-year-old Joran Vandersloot stood before the panel of judges, hands clasped in front of him and button-down shirt undone at the top. His ears stuck out from his shaved head, and his face looked uncomfortable, but not particularly troubled. Despite the fact that he was confessing to murder, and apparently was very sorry for what he had done, as he put it, Yes, I want to plead guilty. I wanted from the first moment to confess sincerely, I truly am sorry for this act. I feel very bad. Of course, regardless of how he really felt about his crime, confessing was his best bet for a milder sentence, especially considering the solid case against him. It began on May 30, 2010, at a Lima casino, where Vandersloot was attending a poker tournament and met a 21-year-old college student named Stephanie Flores. Stephanie, the daughter of a prominent Peruvian businessman, stopped communicating with her family and friends on the same day she met Joran Vandersloot. By June 2nd, they were frantic and working with the police to find her. Find her, they did, in Joran Vandersloot's hotel room. Unfortunately, by the time they got there, it was too late. She was severely beaten, and her neck was broken. Stephanie Flores was dead. A quick search revealed that her credit cards and money were missing. A preliminary investigation indicated that she'd last been seen around 5 a.m. on May 30th, going up to the hotel room with Vandersloot. And a comb through the hotel's surveillance videos showed that approximately four hours later, Vandersloot left the room alone, carrying his bags. He'd made his way to Chile, but the evidence was stark. Peruvian authorities requested an extradition, and on June 7th, the young poker player was arrested and sent back to Lima. He'd played a very poor hand, and now he was paying the price. 
The Flores family was pushing for the hardest sentence possible. As their lawyer put it, this individual is a psychopath, and a psychopath cannot be freed because if that happens, he becomes a danger to society. In the end, they got their wish. A panel of judges sentenced Vandersloot to 28 years in prison and ordered him to pay $75,000 as reparations to the Flores family. But not before Vandersloot's lawyer made a very strange plea for leniency. His client had lost his temper with Stephanie, yes. He beat and strangled and suffocated her to death. But it was only after she went on his computer without his permission and discovered his connection to another murder case. The trauma he experienced after that first murder accusation was so great that it led him to kill Stephanie Flores. Coming up, the origin of Joran Vandersloot's status as a celebrity criminal. Listeners, have you heard the eerie new podcast, Superstitions? Every Wednesday, explore the varying beliefs people around the world fear and follow in this mystifying series from Parcast. You do not want to miss it. Each week, step inside stories that illustrate the horror, weirdness, and truth behind humanity's strangest codes of conduct. Why do black cats represent witchcraft? What's the point of carrying a rabbit's foot around with you? And how come certain films seem cursed and others don't? Each new episode of Superstitions presents a story that unlocks the mysteries of unorthodox traditions and surreal phenomena. They may seem cryptic or illogical or completely insane, but then again, do they? Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Superstitions, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. On January 11, 2012, Joran Vandersloot pled guilty to the murder of Stephanie Flores. He was sentenced to 28 years in a Peruvian prison for the crime, which he is still serving as of this recording. But before the Flores case put him behind bars, he faced a murder accusation in another case, this one in Dutch-speaking Aruba, where Vandersloot grew up. It was May 30, 2005, exactly five years to the day before Stephanie Flores disappeared. Vandersloot was 17, and Alabama teenager Natalie Holloway was in Aruba on a post-high school graduation trip with some of her classmates. That night, Natalie was seen leaving local club Carlos and Charlie's with Vandersloot and two of his friends. It was around 1 a.m. She was never seen again. In the aftermath of Natalie's disappearance, Vandersloot and his friends were arrested twice. 
Vandersloat's story changed multiple times. At first, he assured investigators that after leaving the club with Natalie, he immediately dropped her off at her hotel. Later, he changed his story, claiming they went down to the beach, and at her request, he left her alone there. Now he claimed he was extremely regretful. He should never have left her alone. Investigators weren't convinced by Vandersloat's story, but Natalie's body was never found, and they were never able to gather enough evidence to charge the teenager or his friends with murder. So they released him. In fact, Vandersloat didn't just go free. To the frustration of Natalie's devastated family, the case garnered enough international media attention to give Vandersloat a twisted kind of fame. In 2007, he even wrote a book chronicling his version of events on the night Natalie disappeared. It was published in the Netherlands and never translated into English. But it made statements like, I am no angel, but I did nothing illegal, and I am certainly not a murderer. It seemed that whatever happened, Vandersloat had come out on top, until five years later, when another young woman disappeared after last being spotted in his company. While Vandersloat's lawyer did his best to spin the connections between the Holloway and Flores cases as something in Vandersloat's favor, for most spectators and the judges, the sick symmetry of the disappearances did nothing to improve the Dutchman's case. So, 28 years behind bars, just two less than the prosecution was seeking. To this day, Vandersloat has never been officially convicted of kidnapping or killing Natalie Holloway. But for the Holloway family, Vandersloat's conviction finally meant some measure of closure. At least the man they believed killed their daughter was imprisoned, where he couldn't hurt anyone else. Natalie's father Dave put it this way, just knowing he's behind bars will help out. You've just gotta, you know, take a step back and say, he's behind bars, and that's probably as good as we're going to get. The Holloway family sought another kind of closure after the Flores trial as well, an official declaration of death for their daughter. A probate judge in Jefferson County, Alabama, granted the request a day after Vandersloat pled guilty to killing Flores. At least the facts are there in writing. Natalie, like Stephanie, is gone. Their loved ones can mourn and slowly find ways to move forward. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories about chilling murders, check out my other show, Serial Killers. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. 
This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Nora Battelle, with writing assistance by Alex Benedon and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Bad omens, good fortune, pure luck? Take a closer look at what you believe in and follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Superstitions. New episodes air weekly, every Wednesday. Listen free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.